Yo, Brian Saf back. Another wonderful episode of the Talk and Play Blurred cast. I'm your host, Brian Saf. I said that already. Um, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Listen to me blurt out about whatever it is I'm interested in at the moment. If you are a returning listener, you already know their appreciation that I have for you and your listenership can't be quantified. Just thank you. And I appreciate it. Keep tuning in, checking me out. I appreciate all of that. If you are new, thank you for pulling up. I appreciate that as well. Um, we're, we're a fun, fun podcast over here. (laughs) And, uh, hopefully, you know, you hit the, I guess, follow button or whatever about the button is on your particular, um, podcast streaming platform of choice so that you can get the little notifications or whatever. Anytime I decide to post a podcast on this here platform, either way, uh, real quick, there's nothing, uh, nothing worth discussing. I guess I don't have anything bad going on in my life that I would want to share again. I probably wouldn't anyway, just because, you know, I want to keep the energy positive on this program. So we ain't really got to talk about nothing bad. Um, Good. I guess I don't know when this will be. I don't know when I'm going to put this episode out. So if it comes out on September 28th, then, you know, you can head on over to Instagram, Twitter um, or threads and wish me a happy birthday because that is my date of birth. Uh, so thank you in advance to whoever decides to do that. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. I ain't really, I ain't really got nothing going on outside of that. Preparing for the next, uh, stop on my, um, tour, my travel tour. And that is going to be Atlanta, um, at the end of October for the one music festival. Yes, I'm doing another festival. Um, I'm not tired of seeing people perform live. I really, really enjoy it. So uh, outside of that, rain really, really nothing going on. I just, you know, I'm excited <laughs> for the festival. It's been, whew, it's been a couple months since I've traveled, you know what I'm saying, extensively or travel outside of my state. Um, of course, you know, I saw Beyonce and couple other people i believe yeah i went to another concert well i talked to y'all about that already either way <laughs> the roadmap for this particular episode of the talk and play blur cast is as follow uh, we're gonna kick it off with the headlines i do have an interesting read there some congratulations uh my vma recap and a few other things happening in the social media blogs or whatever that i want to just you know get my little two cents on game chat um nintendo had a direct so we'll talk about the things there that excited me as well as the playstation state of play that just happened and my thoughts on overwatch for this particular season and the playlist a bunch of singles and videos came out since the last episode cardi and megan's bongos flo millie got a new one out um little dirt sexy red offset we got things to talk about as well as the albums doja cat scarlet album tizo touchdown also put out an album we got things to discuss diddy put his uh love album out so there's things there then in the watch list um not very much honestly i haven't really 
had a whole lot of time to like sit and watch um, any new television. So a few things there, um, an anime that I have restarted and we do have some updates, some news on the SAG Afro strike. That's some positive news. So we'll get into that during the watch list segment. Um, that's it though. Nothing too crazy. It shouldn't take me too long to get through any of this. So let's go ahead and play some music real quick and then jump right into the headlines. We got yeah. the Let me get it started. Round one, fight. Round two, ice. Round three, fight. Let me get it started. Yeah. Round one, fight. Round two, ice. Round three, bite. Okay. Instigate. Y'all really thrown it in with the music lately. I don't need another hit cause it's useless really. I ain't looking good. You hallucinating every time. The headlines again. Kicking this thing off with an interesting read. This particular article comes from Screen Rant. ScreenRant.com if you want to, you know what I'm saying, pull up to the website. It is written by Carrie Lambertson. Shout out to that person. Um, and it is titled 10 features we desperately need for the Nintendo Switch 2. Now, you know, Nintendo Switch 1 is is, is nearing its uh, lifespan end. And there's a bunch of rumors and leaks coming out about the Nintendo Switch 2. Um, we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct that kind of gives me, or something that happened during the Nintendo Direct that kind of gave me a little inkling as to you know some of this stuff being true with the nintendo switch being on the way but this particular article it does what the title says it details 10 things that carrie thinks um we desperately need for the nintendo, the <laughs> nintendo switch too uh some of the things on here i'm not gonna read them all just you know for time's sake and because if you're interested in the article you'll probably look it up for yourself anyway um but the most notable thing that or the most notable things that caught my attention was uh, themes, which is something that Nintendo introduced on the 3DS and 2DS. You know, I look at the Switch UI every time I cut it on to play a Switch game. And it is it's very bland. It's very boring. I think you can only switch between like dark mode and light mode. And that's just, you know. It doesn't do anything, no kind of razzle-dazzle there, nothing like that. So I would um, appreciate some themes on there, especially as a PlayStation owner. Um, I've had pretty much every PlayStation that come to market. The 3 and the 4 had amazing themes and different ways that you could customize the UI to make it personal to yourself. That's something we've been begging for for the PlayStation 5, but based on this new UI system in the PlayStation 5, it's not possible. So um, <laughs> I don't want things to be going all together, so it would be dope if the Nintendo Switch 2 had it. Um, Street Pass, which is also a Nintendo 3DS debut uh, feature. Pretty much you walking, you know, me, for example, I usually have my switch every time I hit the airport to travel somewhere. And if somebody else has a switch in the area, the street pass um, feature would pretty much just ping that Nintendo switch and exchange like a really fast, like, 
um, player card. You just have your name, maybe your switch ID, where in the world you ping this other switch and probably like give you opportunity to invite these people to be a part of your your um, online friends list or whatever so that you could possibly game one day. I feel like that would just be a dope feature just for uh, social purposes because the switch currently as it stands, it's not the best with communicating with anybody who also has a switch. It's just not. The Nintendo online feature is not up to par. Like you can't find friends and people that play the games that you have as easily as you can on uh, PlayStation or Xbox. The retain the ability to be handheld or docked. Definitely need to keep that. That's definitely that's like the top one feature, nigga. Like we need we need Nintendo Switch to to continue what the Switch started being able to be docked and play on the television of your choosing or undock with controllers or the joy cons on the side of the switch playing it like it is a game boy advance i need that feature to stay with the nintendo switch hopefully they come with that <laughs> um there's some other things on here like some technical stuff backwards compatibility uh, 4K resolution, better performance for modern games, which leaks are suggesting that the Nintendo Switch 2 will be capable of um, playing games or producing performance rates as equivalent to a PlayStation 4. So hopefully that stays, you know, hopefully that that's what they trying to do and i also like this uh trophies and achievements um thing this idea that uh carrie feels like we desperately need for the switch too just because yeah there's really no <laughs> incentive to playing games on switch right now other than you get to beat the game <laughs> um but yeah if you're interested in any of the things that um, this article suggests that we need desperately <laughs> at launch for Nintendo Switch 2. Um, like I said, head on over to Screen Rant. That is an interesting read. Let's go ahead and move into the headlines. Uh, congratulations to Doja Cat. She hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and the Billboard Global 200 with Paint the Town Red. I fought with that song. I featured it in the last episode of the Toggle Play Blurrycast, I believe. Um, it is the first rap song with no feature or co-artist to reach number one on the Hot 100 since Nicki Minaj did it back in August 2022 with Super Freaky Girl. So congratulations to Doja Cat. That's a really, really dope feat. Um, congratulations also to Coco Golf. She won the U.S. Open uh 2023 she's the youngest person in history to ever do that at the tender age of 19 congratulations young black lady i'm really really uh proud of you and happy for all of your success i'm even more happy that you don't have any depth <laughs> as you pronounced it um so yeah you ain't got to worry about spending your millions on trying to clean up you know past financial mistakes you can really just you know invest do what you want to do like that's a dope um Dope position to be in. Uh, outside of the congratulations, the VMAs took place somewhere in between this episode and the last one. Um, I had a couple thoughts, but let me just share it real quick. Um, I think 
there's there was discourse happening right about Nicki Minaj and her hosting abilities or performance as a host or whatever. I actually think she did a good job hosting. If you hear me out for a second, you understand why. Because people were expecting her to be like a comedian or actor, actress, or a professional host and stand up there and host and you know introduce awards and um, performances all night. And the reason I feel like Nikki did a good job at hosting is because she did like a little bit of that, but then she also participated in the musical performances. And I feel like that's dope as a host for someone like Nicki Minaj because her primary, um, like she's a rapper, like she's a, she's a musician. So while I would expect a, a comedian to be up there telling jokes all the time and making fun of people in the audience as a way of them hosting or why I would expect a actor or actress to be participating in uh, skits or doing monologues or why I would expect an actual host, somebody who gets paid to host, that is their primary career choice. Why I would expect them to be up there hosting in whatever capacity they, you know, hosting, their hosting style or whatever. I really appreciated that Nicki Minaj as a musician, you know, she did what she did as hosting, but then we saw her just as much on the VMA stage as an actual musical performer because she is a rapper. She's a musician. So if she's going to be hosting an award show that's centered around music. I would much rather her not try to go for jokes and shock value and all that other shit. Just, you know, do what you can, but then also be um, heavily involved in the performance aspect or the musical aspects of the show, which she did. She performed uh, twice, I believe. Yeah, she hosted. She came out. She said what she needed to say. She performed. She had her own solo performance where she performed last time I saw you and then premiered a uh, big difference, which is going to be a Pink Friday track ready for that to drop. That song sound hard. And I just I like when Nikki like rap rap. So Nikki's performance or performances as a whole were definitely like a highlight of the night. Big difference. That shit. Gonna, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really ready for that. Just Nikki's like energy vocal inflections and all that during that performance like yeah it's, it's gonna be one of them ones i really like when nikki like just get into like her creative side or let roman out <laughs> and really just like go off she was really spitting that verse like i need to make sure they know <laughs> so that's that was dope there was actually a moment in like her performance where she like chuckled as she was rapping the verses <laughs> she was rapping big difference she like chuckled after she said they bitches trying to be me <laughs> i thought that was fine like nikki yeah keep that level of performance and aggression and energy moving into the pink friday 2 era because pink friday 2 sounded like it's gonna be one for the books a real classic her coming back out for the hip hop 50th anniversary tribute performance was dope too. 
Um, never seen Itty Bitty Piggy perform live on television or in person for that matter. So, unless, wait a minute, did she perform it? Because I saw Nicki one time in concert before when they came, when she was on tour, like Wayne and Rick Ross and a bunch of folk. But I don't know if she performed Itty Bitty Piggy. Either way, dope that she performed it again after all these years. Uh, Red Ruby the Sleeves went up like... <laughs> like the barbs was in the building because that audience was going crazy when Red Ruby the Sleeves, Itty Bitty Piggy as well. It was just a good night for Nikki. She really, really held it down. And uh, that transition into um, Lil Wayne's Amelie performance, I fought with that as well. Like, yeah. Nikki, yeah. <laughs> she did a good job, in my opinion. And then, you know, she came back out to announce an award and she received an award which is also i feel like a dope thing as a host of a music show like for you to be nominated and receive awards at the event that you're hosting that centers around music i feel like that's dope i feel like that lends to her actually being a host i don't i just don't i didn't because <laughs> i understood what everybody's like what everybody was saying, but I was just like, this actually kind of dope that she's a musician hosting an award show centered around music. And instead of trying to be Kevin Hart and somebody and, you know, being in our face every 10 to 15 minutes, she spoke a little bit and then she performed. Like, I feel like that's how hosting should go if you're an actual musician and you're nominated and you have a project to promote promote and you're winning awards and you have collaborations with most of the other artists or some of the other artists that were, you know what I'm saying? Nominated. Like, I just feel like that was a solid way for Nikki to host as a musician. Now, if she wasn't a musician, then I would have been like, yeah, we could have could have used seeing you a little bit more. But because we saw her handling hosting duties and performance duties, I was like, this is actually right up her lane i feel like that was a great way to do it and she came back out as the only woman of the hip-hop uh 50th year anniversary tribute or whatever which people had a lot to say about that but i don't know i just feel like <laughs> it's mtv they were never gonna get that tribute right like because they had ice spice right there in the audience she won the award for best new artist her and nikki have two very popular songs together like that would have been dope for her to be up there performing as well, especially given that she's like the newest face of women in rap. Like she's the she's the girl that's came along as of late and had the biggest impact. So I just feel like generationally that would have been solid. But you know, that's why I can't really trip or make it about Nikki being whoever she is and feeling a way about other girls. I really just feel like the VMAs just dropped the ball on that performance because Wayne was there. He performed twice as well, one time on his own and then with this hip hop tribute thing or whatever. But then like nobody else who was a part of or who considers himself a hip hop artist who was in that crowd or even performed that night was on that stage so it, i don't know i just feel like the vmas didn't do what needed to be done in order to successfully pull that off i feel like because ll cool j always pick up the phone for them <laughs> and run dmc pull up when they 
feel like they want to do it. I feel like they just thought that was good enough. Throw Nicki in there because she's hosting and it's the current queen of hip hop and rap. And yeah, Lil Wayne's here as well. And he is like a legend in the game. And they was cool with that. I don't know. It just, I don't know. But outside of that, um, the performances, for the most part, because I, I watched pretty much all of them. And I think all of them were really, really good. My main critique was with the microphone. Something about the microphones was fucked up where it was making people's performance not as good as it could have been. Um, I really enjoyed Olivia Rodrigo's performance because it had a lot of shock value to it. <laughs> like, the opening of her performance really made me nervous. Her shit crashing and burning. I just thought, like, wow. Never seen this level of technical difficulty on a live broadcast or whatever. Looking at the people facing the audience, I was like, they're confused too, so maybe this is real. She transitioned over to that second part of the set, and I was like, okay, I get it. That just made it even more dope for me. Um, Cardi and Meg's performance was really fun and bright and colorful. Um, Megan, though, to me, was the highlight. Megan has been the highlight of this whole bongos thing, which is crazy because... It's Cardi B's record featuring Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B has been promoting it the most. But and just in my opinion, Megan is what's carrying the song and the video. I mean, they both look great in the video. They both fine. Now, they both look good. And the beautiful the video was very beautifully shot. Actually, you know what? We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that in the playlist. But uh, their performance was cool. Megan was on point i seen cardi had a little you know she you know choreography got away from her a little bit but she did what she could she looked great and um yeah her and megan their performance they, they perform and collaborate seamlessly so it all made for a dope performance um shakira won video vanguard and she performed her performance was actually fire and just you know i could tell she was lip syncing but you know it is what it is I ain't tripping that's still shakira she's still an icon she's still a legend and her performance was still dope even though you know i could tell um doja cat probably had the best performance of the night to me i just like how she pieced together all of her singles uh or the singles that were out at that time uh attention um then she did painted town red and then she did demons i just like how that all flowed and kind of told a story of scarlet and kind of let us know like hey attention is about me saying or denouncing all of the bullshit that y'all know and love from me and letting y'all know that i'm not gonna be a puppet of the music industry forever i'm actually gonna be out here being an artist and you know displaying my my art artistically uh paint the town red was bitch i said what i said i'm not gonna be nobody's puppet i'm gonna be an artist i will shit on all of my past work to let you know i'm serious about this and uh demons to me just read as now that we are here and we understand that this is the 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 move that i want to make how does how do all of my demons look now that i've opened myself up to you remember she so I'm naked and, and attention. Now that I've opened myself to you, let all my flaws out, let all my feelings out about the music industry how and how I feel about it. How do these demons look to you? Because they're going to be on stage front and center as I continue with this Scarlet era. That's just what her performance said to me. And um, it was fire. 
she she definitely had the best performance of the night in my opinion um did he won icons award his performance was fire as well i really appreciated him bringing out keisha cole so they could perform last night together because that shit has went diamond <laughs> in black culture like niggas love last night keisha was singing her ass off it's like we love the song when it came out and then we found out just how hard Diddy was pushing Keisha Cole to sing that motherfucker. We was like, we love this song even more because she did what she was asked to do. <laughs> Diddy was on her neck making her sing better and it actually sounded amazing. Last night, what an iconic, legendary song. I'm so glad he knew that this is one of my ones out of my catalog and brought Keisha Cole up there to do it. She looked amazing, sounded great. The mic was definitely on I fuck with that. Um, he also brought out King Cones to perform as well as his daughters when he was accepting his award. And I just thought that was dope because they're all making their own paths and walking their own truths, speaking their own truths when it comes to the music industry. Of course, King Cones is a rapper and his two daughters, they've modeled and done other things in the entertainment industry, acting and all the other stuff. So I just like him including his children and his legacy it really like stamped and cemented it like it's bad boy for life and these at least my children are going to be carrying that torch on into the newer generations along with whatever artists i decide to sign and push and all that other stuff um so that was dope what i didn't like that vmas played with victoria monet like that she definitely is in a season where she could have performed like i don't understand that i just don't understand thank you to her and her team for clarifying that it was the vmas that they wanted to pull her out quote unquote because she's not ready yet or this is not her time some some bullshit excuse that they gave her as to why they were canceling her performance even though she showed up and she was ready to go i just i don't know I don't fuck with that. And I feel like they took an opportunity away from a black artist to promote themselves and gain more fan bases and exposure just because I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand why the fuck they did that, but she could have performed on my mama at least. And that shit would have slid. Did you not see the choreography? Shout out to Sean Bankhead. Did you not see that on my mama video? That's a VMA worthy nomination as well as performance like what the fuck but can't tell these folks how to run their shit i guess but that was fucked up also i understand why scissors manager decided to pull her performance as well um for her to be the most nominated artist of the night but not be nominated for artists of the year that that don't make sense to me either it don't because like if I'm receiving nominations in all these other major categories and I'm the most nominated artist of the night, why the fuck would I not at least be nominated for artist of the year? And I'm I'm out I'm out nominating everybody else on your nomination list. It don't make sense. So I, I fuck with their decision to do that. Um and even though, you know, I'm not a super huge Taylor Swift fan as far as her music is concerned, her personality is continuing to rub off on me and make me feel a little bit better about her because she was drunk as fuck having a good time. And I really enjoyed seeing the camera pan over to her, watching her reactions to, you know, 
the things happening at the VMAs. Cause I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I get to go out and watch concerts and festivals. And, you know, I get to go experience artists performing live all the time, but that's not necessarily the case for artists, especially one as big as Taylor Swift, because they're either on tour a lot or there is something going on where they're not able to make it. They working. So in these award shows and stuff like this, this is their opportunity to see their peers and people that they idolize and look up to themselves perform. And, you know, I just think that's dope that they have the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, VMAs, it was cool. Um, supposedly it broke records. It's the highest, the, the, the viewership was the highest it's been in the past, like three years. So that's really, really dope. Shout out to Nikki and the Barbs. Cause clearly, and, um, the Swifties who tuned in for Taylor and everything like that. I think, I think those two fan bases collectively boosted the numbers a lot, <laughs> but VMAs was cool. Um, they did good enough for me to be interested in checking it out next year. So that's what's up. Other things that happened in the headlines, Jeezy filed for divorce from Jeannie Mai, which I really, that's not really any of my business. I, I tend to stay away from like celebrity couple, like drama and status updates and everything like that. I just really don't care. Uh, mostly mentioning Jeezy specifically because like myself, he is born on <laughs> or he was born on September 28th. So birthday twin, shout out to my guy. Cause I really fuck with Jeezy. Jeezy like he like in my top of all time for like artists, definitely rappers, but like artists in general, I really like, um, I really like, you know, Jeezy and what he's done since he's came in the game. Everything from Boys in the Hood all the way up to now. Fire. Speaking of that, to celebrate our birthday, <laughs> he put all of his like old mixtapes from before streaming era on to streaming platforms. So if you're a Jeezy fan like myself and you've been missing uh, being able to stream, you know, Can't Ban the Snowman and Trap or Die and all those uh, amazing mixtapes that predated the streaming era. You, you, we, we in luck because he got all them things uploaded and happy birthday to us. <laughs> um, yeah, Iman and, and Iman Shepard and Tiana Taylor also decided, well, Tiana decided to give us a update on their, I guess, impending divorce. They separated. They decided to call their marriage quits or whatever, but they still best friends and Iman is not cheating on Tiana. He's free to do what he want to do. Only reason I'm mentioning that is because when I heard the cheating rumors, I honestly thought this was like their girlfriend, like them as a couple. They have a girlfriend. I don't know. Something about Iman and uh, Tiana and the way that they've opened up about, you know, their sex life and things like that. It just leads me to believe that they could never cheat on each other because they would just invite the other person into their bedroom to like, you know, be a part of the situation on like some open marriage or polyamorous type stuff. So I don't know, but, um, you know, well wishes to them as well. I'm glad Tiana brought us into the group chat, as she said real quick to like clarify things and then got us up out of there. That was cool. What else happened? I'm not too concerned or pressed to talk about the whole, um, 
Nicki Minaj, uh, Ken and Petty versus Cardi being offset again. Don't really care much to speak on people's like rela relationships and marriages and stuff like that. Y'all know how I feel about Nicki. Y'all know how I feel about Cardi. You know how I feel about Offset. You know, Kenneth, he's not any part of what I discuss on this podcast. That's Nicki's husband to me. So it is what it is. Um, but that's their business. And I'm tired of the beef. And as long as the ladies keep it on wax, I'm cool. Because I, I really like the, uh, you know, I like beef a little bit in hip hop. <laughs> like I like the competitiveness of hip hop. That's one of the main reasons. Um, I've been so tuned in to the genre since as long as I can remember. Not only is it for black people, by black people, <laughs> but, you know, the competition is there. And I like for that to keep going, even though I am, you know, starting to grow tired of the whole Nicki and Cardi thing. Like, it just is what it is. But still shout out to everybody involved. Just want to say those things real quick since they did happen to take up a considerable amount of um, time on the blogs. And I feel like Nikki's Queen Radio was uh, masterfully done. If you paid attention the way I paid attention, then you then you saw how Nikki <laughs> manipulated the media to uh, tune in just for her to promote other artists and tell y'all, you know, she ain't about to be nobody's clown like she used to be or, you know, she not going to be the old Nikki that's on Queen Radio yelling and screaming every time a headline come out she don't fuck with. And, you know, she spoke to the barbs in code and made us feel good. So <laughs> masterclass on how to um, divert attention from bad press and turn it into something that you could use for the benefit of your own brand. Shout out to Nikki because business mind be businessing. <laughs> what else happened though? Um, Young Thug's dad, aka Old Thug, aka Thug Senior, aka Papa Thug. <laughs> he got on. Uh, he got on the internet as well and set the record straight about if Gunner is a rat in this whole YSL Rico case or whatever the case might be basically was like gonna took the best um decision that his lawyer presented him if he had said or done anything to fuck over my son you know, the, in this whole case or whatever we would not be cool but the family love was gonna xyz this just go back to my original thinking of they got gonna out as fast as they possibly could once they realized the uh, people pushing this Rico case ain't really had nothing on him like that. They got him out of there as fast as possible and immediately put him back in the studio and on the stage so they can continue to pull in money for Young Thug side of the case. That's just my thing. And that's, that's why, that's what I feel happened. I just, because I look at the YSL um, group entity and you know, they don't really have no other like artists that's like making noise and pulling in money and stuff like that, other than Gunner and Thug. So they the the people in the Rico case, they want Thug bad to the point where it was like they don't give a fuck what happened to Gunner. So I just feel like Gunner people, his lawyers and everything, they got him up out of there quick and put him back out in the streets to make money so that they can continue to fight this Rico case to the best of their ability. So I'm aiming at it that. It is what it is. And then 
last thing I wanted to say was uh, rest in peace to Irish of 702. That was crazy of me or it was crazy to me to hear because I was just watching this lady perform at Lovers and Friends. I just was in Vegas watching her sing all of the songs that I know from 702. And so to find out a couple months later that she passed away. Oh no, it it made me feel away. But I am glad that I got to experience um Stilo and all the other all the other great 702 hits live um because they they really did they big one for the culture and rest in peace to Irish. Um that's it for the headlines though. Oh, one more congratulations. Congratulations to Venus and Serena Williams for becoming the first black women to have ownership in an NFL team. They are now, um, I don't know if it's minority or majority owners, but they are now in some way owners of the Miami Dolphins. I think I read their combined ownership stake is worth an estimated four point something billion dollars, like 4.6, 4.7. So shout out to them because that's dope. And um, yeah, the first black women to be owners of NFL team. That's dope. I'm just really happy <laughs> that niggas are understanding that there's space for us at the very, very top of these um, sports organizations that black people dominate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's it for the headlines. Let's go ahead and play some music real quick and then jump into the game chat everything you say is funny girl it feel like i'm dating a comedian everybody else i swear but today i finally hit the median even though i can't dress girl you love everything that you see me in do you really think i'm cute honesty looks good on you honestly you're too good for me honestly we'll last about a week game chat for this particular episode of the talk and play blur cast uh no trailer spotlight because we saw plenty of trailers in these nintendo direct and playstation state of play so we just jump right in with that um starting with the super mario wonder nintendo direct now i don't know why i don't know why nintendo decided they needed to do like one specifically for it, but Hey, I don't mind. <laughs> the game looks very beautiful and immersive. Um, and I just love how all of the Mario characters in the franchise are playable characters. Um, I think Yoshi and I think it was Toad. They're more like the easy mode characters for like newcomers to the game, whatever. That'd be dope for kids where they don't take any damage. But if y'all do fall off the map, y'all will be starting over. <laughs> but I just thought it was cool today made some of the uh characters you know easy to play for like i said newcomers and probably like kids and stuff who will probably pick this game up um the new power-ups are dope i especially like the bubble mode and the drill mode that mario and the other characters can now do that those look dope to me <laughs> um the wonder flower courses look dope as well i really like how they're all like different as far as what it takes to complete them so that's gonna be fun and make for like some 
cool little things to do inside each of these levels as the game progresses. Um, the badges system that they're adding is a dope feature as well because most good RPGs tend to have something like that where you can equip your character with a certain, I don't know, um, rune or some kind of held object or or a piece of uh, garment, like a clothing item or whatever, to the character to give them some kind of advantage in the game. Um, I've never, I don't know, I've never seen that done in a Mario game before. So, I don't know, that just intrigued me. I think that's going to be a dope like feature to have. Um, the online play feature is dope as fuck as well. Um, you like able to see other players and interact with them on the same level that you are but they are not completing any of the level objectives for you so for all of the people like myself who grew up in the era of like the uh super nintendo and n64 and all that stuff like that the early playstation or whatever a lot of times when you ran like two-player co-op with uh like a person at your house or whatever, like if you have more experience than the other person, they could just follow you around the map and you complete all the objectives or whatever. This one, this feature, at least from what I'm seeing is going to be completely different in the sense of you won't get the opportunity to carry your teammate. Like you'll see them on the board, completing objectives on their particular switch from their home and their internet connection. Uh, but all the objectives that's popping up on your particular course, you have to complete those by yourself. The only real thing or the only real advantage to having this uh, online co-op feature is if you like die, whatever the other person that's playing the board with you, they can bring you back to life and vice versa. And then they also talked about this whole standy thing, which is basically leaving a character flag just in case, you know, you die or they die whatever the teammate interact with it come back to life bring you back to life some, something like that uh, either way the feature is dope i like this whole spin on cooperative online play i think that's gonna make the game um more challenging because even with you playing with two people like i said you still have to each player still has to compete complete the objectives of each board individually on their own switches or whatever so i don't know i think it's gonna be fun and then you get to see you know you can interact with these folk or whatever but it's not a they're not like a physical character like in your game it's like your switch and their switch are like i don't know sandwiched over each other and <laughs> whatever they plan that's what they plan whatever you plan that's what you plan and should you guys need to revive each other or Decide y'all want to wave back and forth to one another. Y'all can interact in that way. But either way, the game looked dope. I'm sold on it. I think I'm going to go ahead and cop it when it drops. But we'll see. <laughs> um, then Nintendo decided to do a direct just for, you know, the upcoming games that they had coming out. The ones that stood out to me the most, um, Super Mario RPG, which... I pretty much want it because of the battle system. I've never played a turn-based battle system on a Mario game, so I feel like that's going to be dope. And I've never played the original Super Mario RPG, so I'm really, really interested to get my hands on that and see how that plays. Um, Princess Peach Showtime also looks dope. 
I love the whole transformation aspects that they showcased in the Nintendo Direct for Peach. It kind of makes her feel like a Mario character because, you know, Mario eat the mushroom or the star or the, the flower or whatever. And he get all these cool powers. Same thing going on with Peach. And I really, really fuck with that. I'm I'm glad or I like that they're continuing to write the stories of their marquee characters, giving Peach her own game and making her the focus of I guess a time period for the Mario franchise. That's that's dope to me. I like that. I hope they continue to do it. Just I don't know, it refreshes what we already know and love about the series, but adds like new things to it. So that's dope trombone champ also looks dope i like the uh motion control aspect of it it reminds me or it feel like it could have been like on a nintendo wii situation like could have been a nintendo wii game but i like that they bringing this out for the switch we do need more games in the switch catalog that utilize like the motion stuff with the switch controllers specifically so that game looks pretty dope um battle crush which to me looked like a moba style brawler looked dope i'm interested in that as well as um f099 which i actually already played it they made this game free to play um it is a f0 game <laughs> but um the 99 stands for the 99 additional players that will be on the screen um, racing you it's a racing battle royale free to play not too technically you know what i'm saying like it's, it's not too technically um difficult like jump in race try not to get you know destroyed or <laughs> moved off the map by the other people racing and try to be number one it's completely online so i don't know it's, it's dope i like that they added this little quick free to play game um, Dave the Diver, also a dope game. I've also played this already. Um, I downloaded the demo because they announced it during the Nintendo Direct. The game is dope. Uh, you basically play as this diver named Dave <laughs> who explores this like large body of water next to this um, sushi restaurant that he also happens to work at. Um, you catch different like fish and sea creatures to add to the menu at the sushi restaurant and in the midst of all of that there's a kind of story about this underground or underwater civilization or whatever that you're trying to discover the game is dope it's it's very witty very fun a lot of anime style cutscenes in there um and then there's because of the restaurant there is a like a management simulator type of situation happening in a game. So during the daytime, you're catching the um, fish for the menu, as well as exploring this body of water, trying to find whatever you can find. And then at night you work as the waitress. The chef is this black dude who's like world renowned. And he decided to move to this small island and <laughs> be the chef of the sushi restaurant. But then some natural disaster happened that fucked up the restaurant. So you have to help, you know, bring in customers. There's an aspect of it where you create a social media page for the <laughs> for the restaurant and you can advertise on there to get 
customers to come in and review and hashtag your food and like it's it's really dope this the simulator part the management sim part of the game is really really dope and interesting and you just add in that extra like i don't know rpg style exploration it, it just makes for a really really dope game i think it's like between 15 and 20 dollars so i'm gonna probably cop that um whenever i feel like getting the new switch game because i did have a good time playing the demo i like breeze through that shit it wasn't a lone demo but i definitely once i got the hang of it i was like oh yeah this is dope um also which is why i said what i said earlier about the nintendo switch 2 possibly being on the horizon sooner than we think uh, they also announced the final wave dlc for mario kart 8 which like i said if this is the final wave dlc then you know Mario Kart 9 and Nintendo Switch 2 have to be on the way. Either way, the DLC looked dope. You know, new characters to drive as, new carts, uh, new maps from all of the Mario Kart and Diddy Kart and Donkey Kong racing <laughs> games or whatever. So um, that was dope. And then they also snuck in there that they are building or will open soon a Nintendo Museum, which just giving me another reason to travel to japan so i'm adding the nintendo museum to my travel list and i want to go because i don't know i just <laughs> nintendo's been good to me so i want to pay my respects outside of that playstation had a state of the play that i just i don't know i feel like this state of play was just you know to to do it to let us know as gamers like hey us over here at playstations we're still thinking about you guys don't think we ain't working on shit but it's like are you working on shit because all of these games were already announced they just kind of <laughs> re-announced them i don't know um so i didn't really you know get too much into it but the avatar uh frontiers of pandora that looks dope they showed us some gameplay footage of it and it looks good it looks pretty um immersive and like there might be a decent story on that. So I'm interested in that. Um, they announced the Ghost Runner 2 demo, which I did download. I have not played it yet, but looking forward to playing that because Ghost Runner 2, just based on the gameplay uh, footage that they show, it looks dope. Hell Drivers 2 also um, looking pretty dope. I have been begging for like a superb co-op game that rivals my favorite co-op game of all time, Army of Two um hell divers could be it it's looking like something like that so i'm interested in hell divers 2 um they gave us more spider-man 2 news talked about all the suit combinations you can come up with the fast travel system that's supposed to be taking advantage of how fast playstation can load a game or some shit like that um the web slinging gliders and all that stuff like that like it's just more news on spider-man 2 which didn't necessarily need because I'm still hyped for the game and I'm ready for it to come out. But, you know, I guess um, Tales of Arise looks dope. Kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy, which is what put me in. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to look at more gameplay footage of it. If I'm fucking with it, then I might have to pull the trigger on that one as well. Um, Honkei Star Rail also looks dope. It looks like a turn-based um, version of Genshin Impact like that kind of um, RPG anime style but instead of an open world like battle system that they have in Genshin Impact it's turn based which 
great <laughs> because I just feel like Genshin Impact, they release a new character like every month, every other month. And it's just making me like feel farther and farther away from being current with the game. I, I know the story is ever evolving. They update it all the time, but it's like, damn, I feel like I'm just so far behind. <laughs> I really want to get back into the game and like, you know, catch up, but mustard oh <laughs> uh, anyway um Haku uh rail uh, star rail looks dope so i'm gonna probably cop that as well i feel like it's gonna be free to play if it is definitely gonna get it uh foam star they announced the open beta is about to happen which i'll probably participate in that just so i can see what foam foam star is about i know it's supposed to be like playstation's version of splatoon town but i've never or splatoon yeah, see, I don't even, I've never played it. Um, so I'm interested to see what Foam Star is talking about. And then Final Seven, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth also looks fire. Um, really love the battle system and the mini games they've showcased in this uh, PlayStation State of Play. So I'm, I'm thinking about getting it. Just I'm on the fence, right? Because I'm definitely getting Final Fantasy um 16 because i love that demo and i'm really interested to see how the story progresses and you know just whoop some ass but i have final fantasy 7 remake still have not beated it beated it <laughs> i still haven't beat it um and then you know that renegade or retrograde dlc came out and because i'm not anywhere near completing remake i didn't get the dlc so now they're talking about rebirth which is supposed to be like i guess another dlc or the part two i'm, I'm not even sure at this point but it looked good <laughs> so i don't know we'll see but i kind of want it but we'll see uh outside of that that was all that pretty much grabbed me with the playstation state of play again lackluster they didn't really announce anything that we didn't know was already coming um so i'm assuming after uh Spider-Man 2 comes out and the holiday season like kicks in. They'll be ready to announce some more shit for like 2024 or some surprise games coming out for the holiday season for 2023. I don't know, but they could have kept this uh, PlayStation State of Play. I, I'm like, I like seeing the new games and stuff, but didn't really, didn't really do a whole lot. Um, outside of that, I'm still... Um, on my quest to complete Hogwarts Legacy, especially with the little rumors and stuff we've been hearing about Hogwarts Legacy 2 possibly, you know, getting ready to be in production. So last time I checked, my PlayStation said I was 86 percent done with the campaign. So pretty close. <laughs> um, and then Overwatch 2, I've been. I don't know this this season i've been enjoying it but then i'm like i haven't i don't like well first of all i finished the battle pass right like quick as fuck i still had like 31 days left to spare in this season when i finished the battle pass um so i was like hype about that um they gave away like a free tracer halloween skin and uh, five battle level progression points so i was at like 84 81 uh, the, the battle pass ends at 85 so i was at 81 i went ahead and downloaded the free 
tracer skin with the free five levels and it kicked me up to the prestige mode so i completed the battle pass i already had that tracer skin though but outside of that i feel like the balancing on the game is getting better because i'm noticing that at least the people i've been playing with they've been paying attention to the fact that we need to counter other characters and they still have some stubborn players who like no i just really love genji and the fact that he's a robot ninja whatever and he got a cool dragon in his sword so i'm gonna just keep using him but then there are like real people who play the game like and like okay i can't beat this opposing teammate or um, opposing um enemy team member with this character so i need to switch or whatever so i feel like the balancing is getting better but then i was watching some stuff on youtube and some of the like content creators have noticed that like the because of the introduction of iliari and her uh her like healing ability what's what's the shit called her torrent that heals they noticing that the torrent um meta a torrent meta is starting to take shape bastion is incredibly uh strong if you use correctly now like there's some balance issues that are still happening that need to be corrected but then on the flip side i feel like the servers have been improved because i've actually been able to place in composition or in com competitive mode for damage which has never happened because the damage comp wait time is always ridiculous compared to the tank and support roles. So I always get pushed into one of those when I um, queue in the game for all the roles. Uh, but I was able to finish. And I feel like either they improved the servers or Iliari being in the game really invigorated people to get off of uh, damage and join the support queue and try their hand because Iliari essentially is a damaged character that is on support like she all of her most of her abilities are support but she can be effective at damage so I don't know what happened with that but what I don't care for really for this season is this new game mode that they put in the game uh flashpoint it's either the maps or i just don't fuck with the game mode something about it it feel like once the other team i don't know it, something about this flashpoint game mode ain't sitting with me maybe it's the the distance in between the flashpoints or i don't know because i feel like once one team like when the first flashpoint is like hard to come back i don't know something about flashpoint I, I just every time i play it don't matter if my team win or lose i just like i don't uh why are we playing flat flashpoint like i don't i don't know i don't care for it for some for some reason i want the other game mode back where it was like two points on the map one team was defending the other team was attacking if the attacking team um got the first point then it moved to the next point. The other defending team had to try to defend that second point. If the defending team couldn't defend the second point, then the game goes to the attacking team. <laughs> if the defending team can defend the second point, then the game goes to the defending team in quick play. In comp, though, it would just swap sides. Like, okay, 
you got the first point and half of the second point. Let's see what the other team can do. Now let's switch sides. I want that back because those maps are actually really, really dope. Yes, they had some pretty annoying chokes in them, but if you were able to work around the, the choke points, like if you were skilled enough to bypass the choke points, it really turned out to be a fun like battle or game mode. I forget what the actual name of the game mode is, but that flashpoint shit, that need to be reworked. Either the maps need to be improved on it because all of those maps are super cluttered. It's so much on there to like hide behind and stuff like that or run into when you're trying to battle. Like a flashpoint, just I ain't feeling it. But we'll see what changes they make. This season of Overwatch 2 is coming to a close, I think, in like a week or two, like two weeks, I believe. So we'll see what happens. But. That's all the uh, gaming shit that I wanted to discuss in detail with y'all in the game chat. Let's play some music real quick and then we're going to jump into the playlist and talk about it. playlist for this particular episode of the talk and play blur cast let's go ahead and get into it um singles and videos cardi and megan put out bongos now, i've been seeing you know all the discourse surrounding this video or this song a lot of y'all don't like it i actually don't mind it i feel like uh the best part of it is the beat the beat is crazy i don't know what y'all listening to <laughs> your music on but the, the beat is fire um megan really really snapped on this beat um you know cardi did what she could as well and i fuck with that so overall I, I don't mind the song i fuck with the song the video is what uh seals it for me though the video is the actual <laughs> it's this the the part of this whole bongos thing that i enjoy the most uh that beat scene where they dancing on the white platform kind of reminds me of like all of those like uh, 2000s pop videos that all had <laughs> choreography choreography that all had <laughs> choreography um on the beach and you know i'm thinking specifically like uh beyonce's baby boy video or um dancing in the sun like just just all of those those 2000s and 2010 videos where you know the artist was <laughs> dancing with their dances on the beach it, it, it's a good video though very bright very colorful very um engaging for the eyes obviously megan and cardi look amazing so do all of the other uh backup dancers that were in the video i noticed that they shot it at the same mansion that uh beyonce and jay-z shot the move forever video that was the same pool and everything dope i fuck with the video um, the jokes have been funny. Y'all been saying it looked like a Fanta commercial. It does. <laughs> it really does. But the Fantanas ain't never looked that damn fine. So shout out to Cardi and Megan because Bongos, I, I see it. I see it being more of a a mainstay as far as music is concerned on an international level. 
But the U.S. they not they not ready for this type of music. Or we're not ready for this type of music. Uh, it's being described as Brazilian funk, and you know artists like Anita out here, like really trying to make a way for herself in the music industry with that sound here in America. Like I, I just feel like this it, it can it can blow, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think. Um, the music industry, uh, hip hop specifically, pop culture specifically, is ready for this kind of sound from a Cardi B and, and Megan Thee Stallion. But again, I fought with the song, a Megan slid. You know, Cardi held it down. They both look amazing in the video. I, I have to commend Cardi for thinking of Megan to be on this song and having the foresight to know, like, oh yeah, she was slide on this because she really did. I fought with that. Flo Millie also put out Chocolate Rain. I fuck with this song as well. Uh, something about that beat and the instrumentation on it reminds me of Khaleesi's Milkshake, which I know, well, I don't know. I don't think Pharrell produced this Chocolate Rain record, but even if he didn't, the shit still sounds fire. Flo Millie, man, she one of these like sleeper rappers. Like, I really want people to like really get into her more because her flows are fire and the girl be coming with wordplay and she's just a great like she's she's a great rapper bro and i want people to pay more attention to her i don't know what it's gonna take what's going on with her team or her label i I don't feel like it's her team because her team at least to me from what i've been seeing like she's been consistent with delivering quality like music and visuals and rollouts for her projects and these songs and remixes and stuff like she's been she's been on her shit i really give her her tens as far as her artistry is concerned i feel like she executing everything really really well i just don't know why the label not taking more more of a liking to her maybe because she's not out here making generic radio hits like she actually putting time into being an artist that is not the same as all the other girls out here rapping but I don't know. Flo Millie's fire. The Chocolate Rain record is dope. She slid on that. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing more from Flo Millie. And I got to catch her. Well, I did. I saw her at Rolling Loud last year. But I want to see her perform again now that she has more music and more features out. I think the catalog that she has on top of all of these new singles and features will just make for a better performance. It's more of a range for her to do other things than just walk across the stage and like turn up with the crowd. But I fuck with it. Uh, Brent Fiaz and Coco Jones, they put out moment of your life. Now I've been meaning to talk about this record, but I keep forgetting it's fire. There's no video for it yet. Um, or I don't know if they will do a video for it, but what I am hoping from or what I am hoping for from them is a performance at One Music Festival. Both Brent Fias and Coco Jones are scheduled to be at the One Music Festival. I really, really hope Brent Fias brings her out on his set to perform this particular song because I really, really fuck with it. Um, I don't know. At first, I was listening to it and I was like, Coco is <laughs> out performing Brent Fias vocally, but brent fias fits better on this beat like this sound is his and he just brought coco jones into it but i like the way that that all like melted together it really gave it 
like a duetty feel like um my first love <laughs> or what's another like real popular duet i just feel like avant got them my first love who who else um i can't think i can't think of any like other I'm just drawing a blank because I'm recording. But <laughs> y'all know what I'm trying to say. I really fuck with the duet feel here. And Brent having a specific sound and vocal ability to himself. And then Coco Jones coming, being her own sound. And having her own vocal ability. How that melds together over this beat. And writing is dope too. Lil Dirt put out Fuck You Thought. I don't know how this one slipped past me on the new release Fridays. I usually... um comb instagram and twitter threads and all that shit to see what new music is coming out on thursday night slash friday morning this one came out a couple weeks ago and i just missed it but for some reason oh when i was looking for <laughs> the hellcast and srt's record um i ended up stumbling onto dirk's spotify page and I saw he released this. And I was like, oh, let me take a listen. I fuck with it. It's fire. The beat is dope. And Dirk is coming with a flow that I haven't heard him use very often on this song. Which is probably why I really, really fuck with it. Because it's different than the other singles he's been putting out in the... Or, yeah, putting out this year. So, fuck you thought. It's fire. Uh, since we brought up Sex Red, Lil Dirk's Hellcat SRTs. <laughs> Hellcast SRTs. <laughs> A nigga couple of I'll fuck with this record. That's what I'm trying to say. Sexy Red. I don't care what nobody got to say about her. I fuck with this girl. Her music is fun. Um it's it's something to turn up to. She's representing a specific type of black girl that I feel like deserves representation because they don't be causing nobody no damn harm. They really they really be they really be our homegirls and our sisters and cousins out here just you know what I'm saying? Living their life, doing what the fuck they want to do with their body and their choices, making their own decisions and everything like that. I fuck with Sassy Red, Hellcats, SRTs. And then she know how to make catchy music. Uh, but yeah, Hellcats, SRTs too. Um, Sassy Red and Dirt, Fire. The video is dope. The only thing I don't like about Hellcats, SRTs is the production. I feel like whoever made this beat they they fumbled a little bit on the low ends that bass don't be hitting as hard as it could for this kind of record especially given that most niggas when they get hellcast and srts they try to do something a little funky to the uh sound system in there to make their bass crank so i i just feel like this should have been a little bit more bass heavy on the low low ends like my subwoofer should be quaking and it's not but i still fought with the record um just probably need to probably need to go back in for mixing and mastering on the beat and just you know flesh that out a little bit more but i fuck with it uh since we on sexy red shake your dress shake your dress shake your dress shake your dress i'm shaking my dreads because she told me to <laughs> shake your dreads fire sexy red once again with another relatable hit Another turn up record, another fun record, which is crazy because we are wrapping up the summertime season, going into, you know, spooky season, fall and winter and all that shit. And Cesare still got us outside turning up, which I like because especially here in Florida, 
Like we don't let the cold weather stop us from turning up. That's actually the time when we start to turn up a little bit more because we can be outside at the day parties at 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the daytime when during the summertime that would be the hottest part of the day we could be out there turning up sunshine and bright nice cool breeze in the air and nobody really sweating unless you you know drinking a lot and dancing a lot so i really fuck with artists that are continuing to make sure we have turn up records and not getting all somber just because we floating into the fall season i fuck with uh shake your dreads um obviously it's the hook for me <laughs> Um, the video looked dope and fun as well. I just, if sexy red, sexy, if you listening, if you decide you want to do a part two to shake your dreads, please put Waka Flocka and or Chief Keith on part two, please. Uh, both of them young men have dreads. And on top of that, this sound fits their sound. Damn, damn near perfectly. I don't even understand why Waka or Chief Keep is not on <laughs> the original. But if you're going to do a part two, one of them two. Preferably both, but one of them two. I feel like Waka will be more inclined to do it because he's still out here performing and turning up. Uh, I just saw saw this man at Dreamville Festival earlier this year, and he ain't do nothing but his Shake Your Dread hits. So I feel like this will fit well in his catalog as well. He would be more than happy to bring you out to turn up with us because the Waka Flocka crowd we turn up. So I think Sassy Red got a place there. But then Chief Keith, you know, he a legend and this this style fits him as well. So, you know, either one of them two, it, it could work or both. Um, but Sassy Red, shake your dress, shake your dress, shake shake your dress, shake your dress, shake your dress. Got my got my hair braided right now, so I can't cause normally if I was to shake my dress, y'all probably hear the dress knocking over this fucking <laughs> this fucking microphone with my shit braided right now it's okay Cause when i take this shit out it's gonna be it's gonna be a time <laughs> i get in time with the braids being braided in but you know it's different either way um offset put out fan which fuck them niggas everybody fuck them i fuck with the record i really do the song is fire but the video is what's still for me I really, really love Offset's direction with rolling out this project. He's been very, very uh, intentional about being just as just as solid as a visual artist as he is a musical artist. And I really, really love that. I'm still like super impressed. And um, I just I just still fuck with the the song he put out with Cardi. Um, damn, I can't think of it right now. But the video that that was like inspired by uh john singleton's baby boy movie like i really really uh fuck with that we talked about it before offset and cardi slid on that record so we don't really need to go back down that path what i want to say about fan as far as the video i just really fuck with it i love that this nigga offset is <laughs> intentional about paying homage to michael jackson because this entire video was that obviously i saw offsets personal style and originality and creativity come through on the video but he really did recreate michael jackson's thriller video which is perfect because we're going into spooky season and thriller is one of those 
records that people love to play at Halloween parties. Watch the video and everything. So I really, really fuck with the Thriller recreations. He went all the way to have the uh, the movie theater scene in there where Michael Jackson is eating the popcorn, the iconic meme now. Um, he recreated the transformation scene where Michael transformed into a werewolf and um, <laughs> this nigga did a reverse moonwalk, which I was like, okay, nigga, because you know, I'm second dance, so I fuck with that. It, yeah, the whole song is dope, and the video is what really, really sealed the deal for me. I, I and I really appreciate Offset stepping into his solo artistry in this in this way, not to compare or whatever, but creatively, artistically, I'm fucking with this Offset. Like, I know he'll never let go of his Migo days, and he shouldn't. That's what got him here. And the Migos are an iconic rap group. It's sad that, you know, what happened to take off and then, or what happened to the Migos and then what happened to take off. But if we're going to move forward, I like that this direction. He's not trying to be um, Amigos without um, take off and and Quavo like he's not trying to still do the Migo sound without his Migo brethren he's actually creating his own sound his own artistry and I really really fuck with that outside of the stuff with Nicki's husband or whatever he really been having a nice run with this album rollout seeing him on Kai's stream was really really dope I didn't stick around for the whole 24 hours because you know a nigga got responsibilities but <laughs> it was dope watching them turn up and have a good time the uh, text that he sent to Kai after leaving the stream was real dope, heartfelt. Basically him saying, if you didn't catch it, he was saying, you know, it's the most fun he's had in a long time. He's been depressed and going through a lot, you know, obviously with the drama with the Migos and then takeoffs, you know, untimely passing and everything like that. Murder is what it was. Um, but, you know, this this was a a high point for him and he just thanked Kai for allowing him in his space and to share his friends and his stream and everything like that and let him you know just let his hair down let loose have a good time and put some positivity in his life I really really fuck with that so uh, I'm gonna be continuing to check for Offset um he is even growing as a better lyricist and a rapper so I'm really really excited about that as well and I'm excited for this new project I don't don't know or remember what the name is that he said it was going to be but i am um I'm, I'm gonna definitely check for it i think him and drake might be dropping on the same day though so <laughs> we'll see but um outside of that uh nia sultana now i was on the amp app listening to um nikki do like a little quick queen radio for the barbs and when she cut her when she cut her radio show off, it rolled me into somebody else's radio show and this song was playing and immediately I caught the vibe. I was like, oh this shit kinda slide. Went, checked it out on Spotify. I love the song, playlisted immediately. Uh she kinda sounds like a mix of Janae and Summer Walker. Uh Janae Aiko or Janae Aiko for those of you <laughs> who don't know. Uh but I don't know. It still has a little bit of originality to it. Like her voice is still distinct enough to that, that I know that's not Janae or Summer singing. And I really like the beat selection on this song. 
Ambiance is the name of the record, and it's really, really dope. I just fought with the song. Check that out if you can. Okay, now, the reason I was excited to do the playlist. Albums, right? I'm still listening to, well, I've only listened to Diddy's um, Love Off The Grid album, like, one and a half times all the way through. So I'm not going to give my thoughts and opinions on that because it is an R&B album. I do like um, all of the sounds and the music on there. Let me pull up the track list real quick. because I do have some like songs that jumped out to me instantly. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is hard or whatever. Um, but I ain't going to give my I ain't going to give a full review just, you know, because. I don't feel like I sat with the project enough. It's an R&B album and it's good. I think as as like the weather begins to cool or continues to cool, I'll be more receptive to this album because it is an R&B album through and through. There's not very many like dance or turn up records on here. Um, Let me see. Which one stood out to me the most? Deliver Me. Featuring um, Bustin' Rhymes and Dirty Money, a.k.a. Dharma, Shard, and Kalina. I really, really fuck with that one. Homecoming with Josie or or Jazzy. I don't know. I don't know how she pronounces it. But I fuck with that record. Um, Stay Long with Summer Walker. It Belongs to You with Jazzy again. Um, another One of Me, The Weekend, French Montana, and 21 Savage. I like this record as well. Uh, nobody needs somebody with Jasmine Sullivan. I fuck with that. Uh, Bosses in Love featuring Nova Wave. I really, really fuck with that one. Mind Your Business, Kaylani and Tadala San. I fuck with that one as well. Um, let me see. Nasty Interlude with Josie. Uh, Reaching featuring Tadala San and Coco Jones. Like it. I like it. It's what it's called. I like it. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Closer to God with Tiana Taylor. Like, yeah, it's a large majority of this project. Kim Porter, that was dope. A nice little tribute to Kim uh, with Babyface and John Legend on it. I I just like the record overall from what I heard, but again, I only listened to it like twice all the way through, so I ain't really got much of a detailed um, analysis of the album. Um... Another album that came out that I checked out that I really, really enjoy, um, Tizo Touchdown. I'm finally giving his music a listen after he's been featured on some of my favorite artists, like songs and projects or whatever. And he's going on tour with Travis Scott for this Utopia tour. So I'm extra excited now to cop me a ticket. I really think I'm going to end up going to this tour because I want to see Tizo perform this music live and I just want to see Travis Scott perform Utopia and all the other shit he's going to perform live. So looking forward to the Utopia tour. Um, But Tizo, I know it kind of sound like, like a rap, a melodic rap version of Miguel. Like Miguel finally got kids <laughs> that he can actively participate with in the music industry. It's 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 weird because you know Tizo, based on this album, he don't really do like a whole lot of singing, but he does get into his R and B bag, and I fuck with that. And he's a rapper as well, at least from what I'm picking up on the music. Um, but I definitely hear the Miguel um, influence there. Uh, heavy Miguel influence 
um and some prince vibes like he has this like alternative r&b rock funk vibe to him and his music that i really really enjoy especially on this project um some of the music also reminds me of an artist named colin monroe which he put out a project (laughs) years ago when drake was first like making his foot in the door called heroes from the 90s or heroes from hero from the 90s and i love that album it's like one of the few white artists or is it a mixtape one of the few white artists who i love an entire body of work from uh so shout out to colin monroe if, if you ever come across this because I, I i heard what you did and i respect it and i ain't gonna ever forget it um but this tizo touchdown album it is titled because I, I should be making sure i say the title of this man's project so y'all know what to go check for how do you sleep at night and it's fire <laughs> it, it he makes a lot of like 90s and early 2000s pop like boy band uh like frat music kind of like it's like real angsty kind of like teen love music a little over dramatic but it's very heartfelt and innocent and then i just fuck with it he made an american power reference on the title track called okay and i was like yeah because it took me right back y'all know i love nostalgia that shit hit me right there in that pocket it just reminded me of <laughs> that time period on Nickelodeon where it was like Rugrats and Angry Beavers and Cat Dog, all that, Cousin Skeeter, Disney Channel, um <laughs> The Proud Family, That's So Raven, uh Cheetah Girls, Halloween Town, like that time period where the nineties and the two thousands were perfectly melted together as as like media and the world evolved out of the two the 90s uh era and started you know getting into the 2000s even stevens like <laughs> like that whole era Dexter's laboratory powerpuff girls ed ed Nettie, that that time frame in pop culture when i was a kid and britney spears was the dominant pop girl and NSYNC was like the dominant boy band <laughs> like it just this album and this music just reminds me of that and I really 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 fuck with it <laughs> um getting into the track listing okay as though uh, you thought caught me off guard because it featured Janelle Monet and there's like a beat change that I really really love Janelle fit perfectly on this record it's crazy because I don't know something about Tizo's sound didn't necessarily scream Janelle Monet to me but it worked so I was really really I'm really really fucking with that record um sweet featuring Fushi is also really really dope I actually playlisted that one the first time I heard it because I really love the I really love <laughs> I really like the the vocals he was putting down right there just again angsty teen late 90s early 2000s like music it's a love song Fushi did her thing on there so I was just like yeah play this one playlist this one um impossible is really dope as well it's an uplifting record but it takes the stance of 
like checking yourself like you like sure circumstances of life happen and or and or something made you kind of like talk yourself out of realizing your dream or making you feel like you're not good at something and that forced you to not actualize your dreams but nobody said anything about your dream was impossible so what was the real cause that made you like not go for it like nothing's impossible so why you just didn't push forward even though life was lifing that's what the song just gave to me so i was like all right this a one this a one <laughs> um what else what else was uh dope on here neighborhood is dope um too easy featuring isaiah rusk which i think i'm gonna get into his music next as well because he is also featured on a song that i like called i don't think you see me and for me to like like really like both of these songs and these like dope r&b moments that they had on there i'm like okay the common denominator is, is isaiah rusk so i'm gonna check him out familiarity is also dope that's sandwiched in between those two songs um daddy mama dreams got this like 90s r&b melody tucked into the to it somewhere almost like a sample i don't know if it's a sample or if it's just like they really was in that bag with the whole 90s stuff but i can't place it i still love the song and I, I love the message and the meaning behind it as well it's it's uh it's him addressing his parents in a certain kind of way and i think that's dope uh and then original was better is dope to me because it has like an edm beat like breakdown on the hook section that i really really fuck with i think that is like a dope way to end the project and if he's not going to do like a deluxe for this that was a solid way to like really like let people know like hey i could play in other sounds of music as well really really like this album though top to bottom i've been listening to it here and there um in between the next project that i'm about to well just in general because it came out before but i've been listening to it here and there and um i fuck with it the next and last project last but definitely not least motherfucking doja cat with this damn scarlet album now i've been on the fence about if i'm going to do like a whole like album review a separate album review from you know what i've uh more what i'm about to say about the project so i ain't gonna go too deep into it but what i will say i really really like the i really really like this album and the entire rollout around it she made it very very clear in the rollout process that she was not going to be pigeon held into this uh pop lane that y'all want her to stay in because planet her is an amazing project and she wanted to make it very very clear that hey even though i am planning other genres of music i'm a rapper first and she really did that with this project i really really admire when artists go no features on their uh projects with scarlet has 17 songs in total and none of them have a feature and Doja Cat is saying that she wrote every single song from front to back. And I really, really fuck with that. Um, I just, I, I, I fuck with that album, bro. And I understood what she was trying to do. She did all of this arguing with her fans 
or quote unquote fans on social media because I don't think those people were really fans. They was doing what she said, just following her, but they don't really give a fuck about the music. Uh, but she did all the arguing with those people and, you know, really shifted her energy or her the energy her aesthetic was given from this like pop princess to this more darker grunge almost emo kind of vibe i think she did that to like like weed out all the fakes like to just get the fuck people out of here the bullshitters and who, who only is just there because she looked good and she makes incredible music she got all of them out of the way and said i'm going to be making a rap album since y'all keep playing with my name as a rapper and she succeeded i really get that from this entire project of course paint the town red um and demons and attention are the singles and everything if you line those up the way that they came out they do tell a story that pretty much like solidifies what i said attention was like hey look at me i'm about to do this i'm about to tear all this shit down and start back up from scratch to prove to y'all that I really do this rap shit. Um, Paint the Town Red was her doubling down. Bitch, I said what I said. I don't give a fuck how y'all feel about it. Full steam ahead. Demons is like, now that I've put all my business out here and let y'all know how, how I feel about it, how my demons look. Because we about to run up a bag on y'all and really show you bitches how to rap. And I really, really fuck with it. It's a dope, dope project. Wet Vagina is the third track. It's fire. I bring that drip with wet. I really, I really fuck with this. Doja Cat said she bring the drip with Wet Vagina, bit. I said, okay, Doja Cat. And I like how, I like how, like, brashly sexual she's being on this album. Something about that does something to me. I like that she's, like, being bold in her sexuality. Not, not like, not trying to be, like, slutty or nothing like that just very very bold and intentional like bitch you see what i got on i bring the drip with the wet vagina <laughs> like it's fire um fuck the girls is amazing that beat and shout out to producer uh jay versace like he got a lot of uh production on here and most of it is the songs that are in my top five that i'm gonna list after i finish this uh fuck the girls fire I really, really like the um the flow that she used on here. And I really like how she addressed certain things happening in the industry with comparisons and, and stuff like that. I really, really fuck with that. Ouchies is also dope. It just it's the beat. <laughs> and she slid another one where she's showing that she got this flow shit like down packed and she really be saying some shit on her records 97 got a real like classic hip-hop vibe to the production and she did not slouch on that record as well i really really fuck with it gun is another one of these brashly like sexual songs the <laughs> the hook she literally said i know i i I know how to use a fucking gun. I make that dick ratata like something like she basically <laughs> saying she basically saying she she knows how to work a dick to get it to spit like a gun ratata. Pick it up. <laughs> I fuck with gun and gun is one of those records that also has like tinges of her earlier music. Like this could have been on um, Hot Pink 
Like I feel like this this song, it just it's still her rapping and being Doja Cat, but then she's also like very aware. Like yeah, let me make sure I include, you know, who people love and know me as. Um, go off. I really, really fuck with it. It's very inspirational and uplifting. It kind of sound like Doja Cat was like speaking to herself from the Scarlet alter ego that she's like creating with this entire project. Kind of speaking to herself like, girl, don't worry about what the people saying. Like, continue to go off. They, they see you building your empire. They're jealous. They want what you got. You've been making incredible music and making an incredible impact on the industry keep going off because you are the one shut yo another fuck you to the fake fans and the haters <laughs> i've really really fought with this one as well agora hills an angsty kind of teen love story song that probably would have fit good if tizo was on this one he probably would have ate this song too i think i think this was more his style and i like it the video for agora hills is also very very fire i really really fought with this video um, something about it connecting to the other three videos, attention, painting the town red and demons, seeing Scarlet walk into that shower and like wash off all the blood and kind of reemerge, you know what I'm saying? To kind of wreak havoc and have her time in the spotlight and claim what she wants to claim. Like I, I just picked all of that up from the video it shot really really well i like all of the special effects and everything that went into it and i get what the song is trying to say it's a love song at the end of the day and then i like how she follows agora hills up on the album with can't wait because there's a line in there where she was like this is a it's here's another here's another record for you another love song for you something like that and it's it is can't wait is um like a more upbeat version of Agora Hills almost not not sonically I'm just saying like the BPMs are noticeably different but it's still Doja Cat you know doing a kind of hip-hop you love song I really really fuck with that um often is another dope one that I fuck with it has a neo soul hip-hop vibe to it like very Erica Badu Solange type vibe and melodies to it she's rapping and then she's singing on the hook like Solange and Erica Badu so I really really fuck with often that I like the old neo soul hip hop vibe that she put in this album as a whole she really really included like all sounds of hip hop she got the festival turn up records with demons paint the town red you can motherfucking um you get motherfucking um what they call the dance electric slide <laughs> i was listening to paint the town red i was listening to the album paint the town red was playing and i started electric slide to this shit and i couldn't stop <laughs> like she got all kind of shit wet vagina is another one that's gonna turn up at the festivals like fuck the girls is a rapidy rapidy like she just got a bunch of different sounds on here and i really really fuck with that love life is dope as well um, that one in particular, she's pretty much saying, cause she did a lot of, oh, I fuck with my man. I really don't give a fuck with none of y'all got to say about it. Like it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna keep fucking this nigga. If you bad about it, that's your business. There's a lot of that on the album, but then at the same time on love life, she took 
the opportunity as well to like say she loves her team and thank them for all the hard work they've been putting in as well as address the fans like thank y'all to the ones who get it who understand artistry and are here for me and my art and my music and not you know the superficial bullshit that i had to expose the other folks for so if you know you as a I guess they were calling themselves kittens. Now nah, I guess we going with that. That's Doja Cat's fan base name, the kittens. <laughs> like if you were a kitten, love life, listen to it. You'll probably feel a lot better about her telling that one person she's not gonna tell them she loved them because she don't know y'all. <laughs> uh, but Skull and Bones is also another dope record, and then Attention is on here by Loot, which was also like a, just a little teaser single that she pushed at us right before the album dropped, which I like uh, all three of those records. Um, but what you mean freestyle fire, perfect way to close the album out to me. And I really, she was just, look, Doja Cat. Cause all throughout this album as well, she's been really flexing. Cause it is a flex that she don't have no beef with no none of the rap girls. She's not stuck in none of the beef that's going on in on the female side of rap, on the women's side of rap. So I really like that she's been flexing that. But uh, what you mean is like, hey, I'm I'm um not in no beef. That's a flex because I'm I can create and do what I want to do without having to worry about nobody taking it the wrong way and trying to throw shots at me and then now I'm in the beef but then on the other end of it or what you mean is also like but don't try my pen because I will slide on you you hear these flows (laughs) it was it's a lyric on there where she's like are you kidding and then she's like please be kidding (laughs) because like please be kidding you're not really about to try to come at me because I will eat you up I really, the beat, fuck this beat. <laughs> fuck this beat. I really, those guys fun. will step on my toes. I really fuck with, really, really fuck with the, the aggression, but then I also like playfulness of uh, what you mean, freestyle. Because fuck this beat. And thank you, Doja Cat, for putting this album out a mere six days before my birthday. Like, I really, really appreciate having this because I'm enjoying it on my day. I'm so glad I liked the project. I knew I was, but it's like it was, you know, a little up in the air given the direction she was taking. But overall, Scarlet's a fire album. I feel like I just did a full review, but who knows? I may come back after listening to it some more, like do like a deeper dive of the uh, music because I do want to have a conversation about how Doja Cat has managed to rise in the music industry without participating in any beefs and then low-key being one of the girls you don't want to fuck with as far as beefing because she's actually really good at rapping and probably would son a lot of the girls out here claim to be so super duper tough and really good at making music so I don't know, man. We might come back around to it, but um, the project, man, is fire overall. My top fives as of right now, excluding the singles, because I really, really still love Painting the Town Red and Demons, but excluding those, I'm going to go Fuck the Girls, Ouchies, 97, um, Shut Your 
and what you mean freestyle or taking off shut show and going with wet vaginas that's kind of six because i want to have that on there too all of these songs really if i'm being honest i'm looking at the the, the track listing now i really fuck with all of these but if i'm picking five yeah let's go wet vagina fuck the girls ouchies 97 and what you mean freestyle that whole run right there from uh paint the town red on down to go off solid that's a that's a fire like she really really put these songs together perfectly and then from go off all the way down to skull and bones another fire like run and then what you mean yeah the other songs in between included but still fire <laughs> um but that's it that's it for the uh playlist let's cut this right now play some more music and uh jump into the watch list real fast I don't mind though because it was a lot of good music that came out so i'm cool with that but the watch list i don't really got much to talk about so let's just jump right into it real fast um no trailer spotlight obviously i've been doing that um because yeah i, I stand with sag afra uh, wga like the whole strike that's going on in hollywood right now i stand with the people picking it i do feel like they deserve better all around the board. I just feel like they deserve better from these multi-million dollar and billion dollar um, companies and, and studios and everything that are profiting off of their hard work. So not shout out any trailers, you know, production companies, nothing like that. What I will do is shout out Quinta Bronson for creating a fund for her, um, her team that is being affected by the strike. It's nothing. I know Quinta's in her winning season right now with the success of Abbott and everything like that. So she do got a little bit of money that she could, you know, put in a pot just to make sure her people um, on her team continue to eat as the strike progresses. So I really, really um, fuck with that. I thought it was dope when I heard about it. So I wanted to make sure Quinta got her flowers for that because that is what Drew Barrymore could have done. I don't know if y'all heard, but she was about to cross picking lines and resume production on her talk show and everything like this, talking about all oh, the people on my team are being affected or whatever, and I won't want to da da Like, lady, you got the bread, bro. Like, Drew Barrymore been Drew Barrymore for a long fucking time. Just open up your checkbook a little bit and feed your people if it's really that big of a deal to you. Same way Quinta is doing. But can't tell people what to do with their money, so I'm going to stay out of that. And she did, you know, after she got ate up <laughs> by folks online, she did recant was like you know what never mind i'm gonna stand in solidarity over here on this side with the unions and everything and continue to strike sorry about that so i'm glad she came to her senses because that was crazy to me but good news as far as the writers are concerned it 
seems that uh, WGA has come to an agreement with what's the name of that organization? AMPTP. That's the like organization and whatever that handles all of the producers and studios and stuff. They reached an agreement. So the writer's strike is officially over. It's still strike happening with SAG Afro, which is, you know, like the actors and stuff, but the writers are good to go. Um, they reached an agreement. If you're interested in figuring out or understanding what the agreement was reached upon or what the agreement that was reached entails, uh, you can head over to WGAContract2023.org. It's a full list uh, breakdown of the entire contract. And then they got another section where it's like the bullet points, the summaries of everything. Either way, I'm happy about this. This is dope. Like I said, with the writers being taken care of now, it leaves room for the studio and uh, SAG Afra to like focus on the actors and everything. And apparently there's going to be another meeting at the negotiation table in like a week or so to, you know, finally iron out some kind of agreement between SAG Afra and AMTPT. What did I say it was? <laughs> AMPTP. Um, but this is dope. It's a big win. Um, it's, it shows the power of sticking together because they really are affecting change. I think the, the thing that I'm most excited about is they're going to be able to get residuals from streaming content now, which I feel like, duh, that should have been the wave, especially when, uh, streaming became the dominant, uh, way of consuming content over like regular cable network television or whatever. Like, of course, uh, contracts and things should have been modified then so that the people involved on these productions get, you know, streaming residuals should their shows get picked up by Netflix or Hulu or, you know, whatever else we decide to watch. And they do well, HBO Max and shit like that. So I'm glad that that's a good one. Um, also, the modifications I see with the contracts or whatever that will um, either allow writers to take on other projects if they need to or um, it will lock them in with whatever production they're working on to the point where they don't have to worry about being fired or anything like that um, should the networks and everything decide they want to make cuts and stuff like that so a lot of good stuff they want a lot of good stuff a lot of good agreements were put into place based on what I saw on the website or whatever and then shout out to francesca ramsey uh she's at francesca lee on instagram she's been like keeping me abreast with her content like it's been very straightforward to the point very informative she is a part of both um wga and sac afra so she's like understands everything that's going on because she's receiving the emails like firsthand and you know being able to weigh in on the decisions so i appreciate her content because somebody like me who just cares i'm not a part of either organization i just want to make sure that i'm you know relaying the right information and you know keeping myself informed so shout out to francesca ramsey and i'm looking forward to hearing about what comes of the negotiations with sag afro once the details of those negotiations are revealed uh what else oh a quick r.i.p to michael gambone you all i myself included might know him as dumbledore or the second dumbledore because then he fill in as the dumbledore for harry potter once the original dumbledore passed away i believe that's what happened 
either way, um, yeah, he passed away on September 27th. Uh, apparently he had some complications with pneumonia. He was already 82. So, you know, that kind of just made things worse. So RIP to him. Y'all should know I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I am Slytherin house. Um, I took the official quiz on Pottermore.com, which is now wizardingworld.com. They placed me in Slytherin. I've been rocking ever since. I feel like all the attributes and bullet points and things <laughs> that describe Slytherin fit me. So I'm cool with my house. Uh, so, yeah, I just had to <laughs> give my quick condolences because it seemed like we've just been losing Harry Potter legends left and right. You know, Hagrid passed not too long ago. So, yeah, RIP to them. Outside of that, uh, what I've been watching, the Country Wayne skits. Um, for time, we're not going to get too much into it. I just want Anthony to start saying no. Him him buying these $10,000 suits, paying $10,000 for him and his groomsmen to have these fancy-ass suits when he know he's struggling and got all this debt and stuff that he ain't telling Amber about. Like, he could have said no. He got to start taking some accountability for the decisions he's making. And... I really want this whole cheating thing to just come on and come out. I don't want Anthony to walk down that aisle and get married and say all these vows and incredible things to make Amber cry just for them to later get back to the house and find out that Amber has still been creeping with Wayne. Like, I want this to go. When Ro finally confronted Wayne about if he was sleeping with Amber and he did all that shucking and jiving and Ro knew you you bullshitting. I you you're not saying yes. So I'm gonna let you slide, but I know that you're doing some shit and it's fucked up. I, I'm glad that skit happened. I just wish she would have pressed Wayne a little bit more because he was he she almost had him. <laughs> she almost had him. Um, but the country Wayne skits fire. They're pretty much the black as the world turns. Like it's <laughs> if you're not watching, I highly suggest you find Country Wayne's YouTube channel and or Facebook page. And jump in because it's literally a soap opera. They post like like five to ten, um, three to five minute skits every single day of the week, Sunday to Sunday. And the stories are incredible. The acting is incredible. I just really love it's funny as fuck, but it also gets very, very deep and very real. I, I just love what Country Wayne is building with that. Speaking of Country Wayne. Um, his Netflix special on Woman's Prayer is also out. I did check it out. Um, it's not it's not laughing my ass off hilarious, but I did laugh out loud a couple times. The jokes seem a little dated. Like I was expecting some of the punchlines, but then Wayne is funny naturally, so he was able to throw his own like mannerisms and little one-liners in there that kind of spiced it up a little bit. So. I'm fucking with the Netflix special. It could have been more funnier to me. I was expecting it to be more funnier, honestly. But I'm satisfied with what I got. And I feel like it's going to build up to an even better uh, special next time. Because now that he's got all of these stereotypical black jokes and like mundane uh, speaking points out of the way, it's going to open him up to be able to create better jokes that we haven't heard before or won't expect from a comedian so i'm looking forward to that and then i started the bear with blue uh shout out to her fantastic person partner watching all this stuff enjoying all these these <laughs> like we've been we be enjoying the shits now uh but yeah we started the bear uh phenomenal 
freaking show thus far. I really like the character development and how this main character is really turning this like hole in the wall, <laughs> hole in the wall diner in New York into something that's probably going to get a Michelin star by the end of the goddamn series. I like all of the backstory going on with, you know, I don't want to get too much of the plot away just in case y'all decide to watch it. But I like all the backstory going on with each of the individual uh, cooks. They're starting to like show us like why they are, they, how they are and how they ended up where they ended up. It's a fire show. If you like um, cooking competition shows, then you probably enjoy this one. It's a scripted show about a chef who's trying to revitalize a failing New York diner. And they really be like giving you cooking tips in there. And you could tell, you could see in the food that is being, the quality is being raised just by him being there, giving them advice, taking charge. I fuck with the show. Can't wait to uh, finish the first season. I think we on episode six, which means we got two episodes left of the season. And then we're going to start season two. So I'm excited about that. Uh, stepping in the anime corner real quick. I'm rewatching Inuyasha when it was first airing on television, you know, 10 plus years ago. I uh, was busy just like I am now, <laughs> but um, I have time. So I've been checking it out, catching up on or well, starting it from start to finish. That's why I'm watching it because I missed a whole lot of episodes, a whole lot of seasons originally, like I said, when it was airing. So I'm watching that and just preparing myself to jump into the new spinoff with all of the kids that Kagome and Inuyasha end up having a child um the priest with the hole in his hand I forgot I forgot his name that fast but he ended up having a kid that they all of the kids of the main characters of Inuyasha they team up to do their own like quest and adventure so I'm really really excited to check that out so I was like okay let me just go back and watch Inuyasha since I never like actually watched the season or the series from front to back. So that's what I'm doing. That's where we at with anime. And I think that's where we at with the entirety of this uh episode. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Remember, I am Brian Saf um B-R-I-A-N-S-A-P-P-H on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, YouTube. Um September 28th was my birthday is I don't know when this episode coming out, but <laughs> it's around the September 28th date. Shout out to all the leavers out there. Um, if you care, you know what I'm saying? Just shoot me a laugh birthday. If you got my number, you can text, you know, that's cool. If you want to hit me on social medias, I just gave you the app. You looking better than you ever did. Told me the secret, I would spread that shit to every girl that I meet So they would know how to be That shit tastes fresher than a peppermint If you want me to kiss it, I'm not hesitant I know you're kissing me back